everybody. Welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And if this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. We are totally honored that you have chosen to spend your, well, let's see, it'd be probably 40 minutes to an hour, but if you're listening to us on 1.5 times, then it's going to be a lot quicker. <laughs> and if you're living, listening to us on two times, it'll be a, even quicker than that. So you'll be like 20 minutes over, of your day. Um, <clears throat> anyway, thanks. We are... Uh, if this is your first time joining us, we are a happy married couple of 13 years, happily married couple of 13 years. We have four children, um, probably four too many, but that's okay. We can save that for another They're conversation. all a blessing. Yes. Three of them are the girls, ages nine three through four. Three of them are a blessing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, we have to now say that they are 11, 9, 7, and 4, yep. because Faith, our youngest, turned 4 on Monday. I was actually going to uh, segue into what they were doing outside right now while we're recording. Titus is helping his grandfather move stuff and um, kind of generally helping him build his uh, auxiliary dwelling unit, their mother-in-law apartment out there. And the girls are all playing in the sand pile, because it's... A nicer day, mildly nicer. And they're day. wearing sweatshirts and jackets, but yeah. But for it's spring not. Montana, it's a relief after a couple of colder days. It's yeah, it's not too bad. Um, I don't really have any. I mean, I don't really have anything random to bring up today. Like, my brain has been in a total blur, sla- blur slash fog since we got back from Hawaii. From Hawaii, how long have we been back from Hawaii? Uh, a week and three days now. Ah, yes. Yeah, I felt really kind of on top of it last week, and then this week hit, and it's like, I'm kind of turning upside down a little bit. Which is funny, because I feel like like I'm totally, like, on top of tasks and things to do, but everything is just, like... What day is it? What time is it? Exactly. Yeah. You're opposite of me. You know exactly what's going on. Yeah, so as a case in point of you not knowing what day it is, Jared didn't realize that Sunday was Mother's Day, (laughs) even though the kids... It's really fun, you guys, to have your kids. Last week I mentioned seeing them really appreciate getting to explore Hawaii and experiencing travel with kids at a level that's not just, I'm going to be exhausted because I'm going to do all this work and have crappy kids who are off of their schedule and not sleeping in hotel rooms. But everybody slept in hotel rooms and everybody was delightful. And we had a couple of people comment that, yes, they remember hitting that moment or they're at that moment. And it is a delightful turning point in terms of traveling and exploring with kids. It is also delightful to hit an age where they want to bless you for things like your mother Mother's Day or your birthday. And it's not like a, we want to make a birthday cake with you, mom. And then it's this exhausting, messy thing that is absolutely not blessing you, but it helps the kids feel like they're a part of blessing you. Now the kids, well, particularly our girls, kept getting, they now have the advantage of both grandmothers living within a half mile radius of them. And they took between Mother's Day on Monday or on Sunday. See, I don't know what day it is either. I can't even, Mother's (laughs) Day is always on Sunday and I still can't get it right. And we actually celebrated Faith's birthday on Sunday night, as well as again on Monday, uh, And so they got both grandmothers to take them shopping for both Mother's Day and Faith's birthday multiple times and came back with multiple rounds of especially flowers for me, but other versions of 
presents, but despite all of this hullabaloo going on, JR didn't realize that it was Mother's Day. And when I, I, mean, I had asked, which is funny because I knew exactly what she wanted. I had She'd literally sent him the, like I had literally sent him the Amazon link for what I wanted <laughs> for Mother's Day. And here's the backstory to it. So it's, and I'll send you a link, JR, for you to post this. It's called a Yonanas machine, mm-hmm. and. The reason I wanted it is because Lily and I had been looking forward to eating smoothies all the way across Kauai, and we really didn't eat as many smoothies or eat as much Hawaiian fruit as we had been hoping to. Lily did, the girls did discover virgin daiquiris. They loved them. Yes. They had several a day poolside. And we also, one of the things that we discovered that was fun was uve ice cream, which is a Hawaiian purple sweet potato. Oh, man. And they turned it into this... Do they pronounce the B's like V's? I don't know, actually. Because it's U-B-E. U-V-E. Mm-mm. It was U-B-E? I think it was U-B-E. Huh. So interesting, JR. I'm I took, it up right I took now the girls to, to Baskin-Robbins last night while uh-huh. you were at the concert with Titus and your dad. And Baskin-Robbins had a Ube Ube coconut ice cream option this bright purple ice cream at baskin robbins in billings montana but so that was fun but this yonana's machine ube with uh b with a b okay Mm -hmm. there you go ube it's a purple uh sweet potato kind of reminded me there is also a ube u-b-a-e um bake shop Located in Honolulu, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> no. Um, I. It kind of reminds me of Asian, like, sweet rice and sweet bean desserts, none of which, I might be hurting someone's feelings here, but none of which I really love. But, anyway, when I was in high school and in college and did a lot of mission trips to Guatemala, there was a chain there called Yoganfru's. And you, it was a little bit like a modern day, oh, Cold Stone. Only they had this machine, and you would just choose your fruit varieties, which is how I best learned how to say fruit varieties in Spanish. And you choose your fruit varieties, and then they would just take this little cup of frozen, plain vanilla frozen yogurt, and stick it in this machine along with a scoop of whatever frozen fruit you've figured out. And then they would turn it on and pull this lever down. And they would come out mashed together in a soft serve frozen yogurt. And it was literally just frozen yogurt with fresh fruit made to mix right in front of you. The Yonana's machine isn't quite as cool, but you put frozen fruit down a chute and it comes out as slightly chunky, Lily and I discovered yesterday, but basically sorbet, just frozen fruit puree sorbet. Do you plug it in? Yeah, you plug it in. Yeah, and it's got it's kind of like a juicer. It's got a so cone with blades okay. on it. <clears throat> all right, let's first of all, before I, I continue on that thought, I forgot to reintroduce. So if you're now seven minutes in, real uh, in in elapsed time uh, or actual time, no, yeah. actual time would be like two and a half or three minutes. If you're like four and a half minutes in, because you're listening to us on one point five times speed, <laughs> um, we don't plan our shows. We usually talk about something substantive with every show, and I know I have something here that, for the first time ever, I'm bringing content to the table. Uh-oh. But um, we always talk about, but we never plan or rehearse. We have a lot of conversations like this that are just completely 
what we end up talking about with you guys because we've no, we hadn't talked about this yet. This I week. like Jr. has not seen this in action. I like to think of our unplanned shows as as an act of hospitality. We are inviting oh, people virtually into our little room in our basement to have a casual convert chatty conversation. And I'm drinking my. This is never mind. I'm not going to do my my tea referral. Okay, so <laughs> um, so the Yonana's machine. Right. Pause. So, Yonana's machine. What is so? As I was looking, I I knew I couldn't find the link that you'd originally sent me back when we were in like Hawaii or whatever. So I was trying to find the link to this particular device. What makes this device different than a blender or a juicer? Because I feel like when I was looking for things, I either got blenders or juicers. Or ice cream makers. One of the three. They all kind of seem to do a little so, bit of the same thing. So a juicer uses raw, not frozen fruit, fresh okay. fruit. Fresh fruit. And gives you juice. Gives you juice. This is whole fruit. So it's mm-hmm. the closest thing to it would be a smoothie, but a blender will not blend pure frozen solid fruit. It it has to have it blends soft ice. things. It has to have soft things mixed in. Like if you're making a margarita, you have to have a certain amount of liquid for the blender to like gain traction and actually blend things. Hmm. And so when you're making a smoothie, there's actually a science to how you're supposed to layer the ingredients of a smoothie. And you start with the things that will blend the most easily. Hmm. So you start with your layer of yogurt and then you do the things like the fresh banana and then you do your frozen fruit and then your spinach on top. Because if you start with your spinach on the bottom, the blade's just going to whip around mm-hmm. and the spinach is going to stay suspended above everything else. And if you start with a frozen fruit, the blender, the blade is going to really have trouble diving into it. So how do they do like the, the will it blend videos where they're like throwing like cell phones and things? I don't watch stupid YouTube stuff like that. <laughs> She watches stupid Instagram scroll. That's scroll, true. Scroll, I saw Eric Erickson posted this meme today. He was like, I don't watch TikTok videos. I watch two week old TikTok videos as Instagram reels like a real adult. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I feel speaking seen of, and a little attacked speaking here. Speaking of, um, of being on your phone, last night I had the great pleasure of... And I know there's going to be various levels of how Enth- Christian is this. Enthusiasm for, about yeah. this too. Um, for some of our listeners. But I had the great uh, pleasure of taking my son to his first rock concert. And there was a band called uh, Hailstorm, which I could care less about, to be totally honest. Um, never really listened to them. Didn't even realize there was such a big thing, but they were the headlining band. And who opened for them were three bands I actually did really want to see. Blackstone Cherry... Mammoth, WVH, Wolfgang Van Halen, and Stone Temple Pilots. So Titus is a big, like last summer, Titus and I listened to the new Mammoth record over and over and over and over and over again. It's a great record. Um, But I just want to say there's a lot of people at the concert last night who spent the entire time scrolling on their phones. Really? Really. It It was like, why are you... Even here. Like, I don't even understand why you came. Like, scrolling other things. Not, oh, yeah. Not filming oh, yeah. the show or Instagram, posting that they're at the they're show. They're on Instagram. They're on TikTok. They're on, 
you know, they're looking at news. They're just like scrolling their phones, not even paying attention to the show. I think that speaks to how tremendously addictive our phones are. And Titus, you know, Titus was like, Dad, you should take a picture of us in front of mouth. I'm like, sorry, but I didn't bring my phone. I mean, I had my my app. Like one of the reasons I got an Apple Watch here recently was because I I wanted to just kind of leave my phone at home and just not take it anywhere because I got tired of hauling it around. And there's a few downsides, but there's for me right now there's more upsides and downsides. So I had my phone, so I was getting text messages while I was sending me, or I had my watch. But I was like, no, buddy, I don't want my phone. I because you know what, the event. Things that are happening are happening right here. I don't need to post this online for later people to watch. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to experience this event right here with all this. So I'm just going to focus on being here. You know, and he's like, oh, okay, cool, dad. Well, you should have had your phone so you could take pictures, you know, <laughs> type of thing. Anyway, yeah, people were on there. Um, there was just a lot of people scrolling their phones during a concert. Like, I don't know, I don't know why, but hmm. whatever. I... I will say, recognizing how addictive the phone is, when I took the girls to the park yesterday, I deliberately left my phone in my car. And then they wanted me to film them in slow-mo, jumping off the top of this mm-hmm. climbing wall, so I had to go all the way back out to my car, grab my phone. And, I mean, I'm I'm number one culprit here. I mean, as long as I had my phone, I was like, well, I'll post this on Instagram, and then just send it to Jer, and then just sit here. And I had to, to go scroll. back out... And I got caught myself. I had to go back out, put my phone back in my car. And then we stayed for 20 minutes then longer than I wanted to because I wasn't keeping track of time. But but did you did you have the moment where you look around and notice that everybody that is watching that has a kid there is on their phone? Actually, there were only other two. It was it was late enough in the evening and kind of a cool evening that we there weren't a lot of other parents. there. there was one parent sitting in his truck smoking a cigarette and undoubtedly scrolling his phone. <laughs> the smell of the smoke bothered me more than the him being on his phone. And then the other mom there had kids who were so little they needed active monitoring. So um, there, there of the three parents there, one was in his car on a fo- on on his phone. Well, it started for me. It started with with going out for dinner on a Sunday night. I'm like, I don't with the family or whatever. I'm like, I don't. I don't need to have my phone with me. Like mm-hmm. you always have your phone for a babysitter or something. I was like, I don't need my phone with me. So I started leaving it at home more and more places. Then we started mountain biking a bunch and I'm like, well, pocket do I stick my phone in? You know, I can't take pictures when I mountain bike, but why do I need to take pictures when I mountain bike? I don't need to take pictures when I mountain to bike. To prove you were there. To prove I was there, to show off how great my nature is, to like build my profile. I don't know. Whatever. So Right. Eric Erickson posted that thing and is that all you were going to comment about? Uh, yeah, but I feel like we're way off track from where we were going. You, I was talking about the Yonana's machine, and then you were talking about something else. But anyway, uh, uh, Lily and I found whatever frozen fruit we could in the freezer yesterday, which included some frozen pineapple that had been going, starting to go bad and froze, frozen for smoothies, and some random other frozen fruit, including the dregs of a thing of mango and... We did a trial run of it, and we loved it. Titus tolerated it. At least took a couple bites and let Lily eat the rest. Faith declared it disgusting, as a very <laughs> tactful four-year-old is wont to do. Jr. said it wasn't his style. No, and, it was too much pineapple. Mm, it so, was the actual fruit selection that was kind of like, eh. And then put uh, some put some alcohol in it. We're good. Well, so so the base for sort most of. of the recipes is actually banana because that makes it really creamy. And then other flavors can fill in over it. Anyway, 
Lily and I then decorated it with granola and shredded coconut, and we thought it was a delightful treat and would probably be oh, even more delightful when it's warm out. So, uh, anyway, that was um, Mother's Day, and JR got it. It came in the mail yesterday because JR ordered it from Amazon on Mother's Day. On Mother's Day. Because I forgot to do it on Mother's Day. So. Okay, so what do you want to talk about? Right. This so I have some. I I did. Yeah, and I don't know. If we need to talk about it, but I have to bring this up because it is such a important. Uh, thing that I think all of our listeners should be aware of. So as you know, over the last course of the last lot of episodes, like what is it, 93, um, we've talked about where we get various news sources. And I get my news sources from basically three different main places. One of those places is Victor Marks. He has a daily um, daily intelligence daily intelligence brief uh, email that he sends out. And it's it's morphed a little bit since I first subscribed so I don't always read all of them, but I appreciate the content I get. Sometimes it's more of a recap of here, like three or four things. Sometimes it's discussions on on sexual uh, predators and, you know, highlighting. They spend, I mean, that's their ministry. They spend a lot of time highlighting that. And then other times there's discussions on leadership and canines and all sorts of interesting things. So anyway, I got one on, um, when was this? This was yesterday's. I got one from yesterday. And they uh, had it was not in the in the subject line. Um, they were highlighting a, another main story, but they had a second story. Are Disney execs at odds over queer agenda? Now, most of you have heard the whole Disney Florida don't say gay bill stuff. But there's a bunch of new information in here that I did not know, and I'm going to read it to you now. So, and I quote. One of the most recent Disney controversies involves a same-sex kiss that was initially cut from the soon-to-be-released Pixar film Lightyear. A female character's gay relationship was recently restored in a 30-minute sneak peek presented at CinemaCon last Wednesday. Disney initially ordered Pixar to remove the controversial kiss from the film, according to USA Today. After it was reported by the Orlando Sentinel that Disney donated $200,000 to Republicans... Pixar reinstated the scene as a protest move. Disney has left it at this time. The surprising revelation led to the recent announcement by Disney CEO Bob Chapek that the company would counter H House Bill 1557 by producing even more queer-friendly content. Chapek also announced a pause on political donations and an increase in support for LGBTQ advocacy groups. During a company-wide Zoom meeting, Disney's president of general entertainment content, Carrie Burke, said that, said as, quote, the mother of two queer children, unquote, she plans to drastically increase queer visibility by bumping up the number of gay characters and underrepresented minorities by 50%. Burke acknowledged that in the past, Disney has incorporated, quote, many, many, many LGBTQIA characters, unquote, but she pointed to the lack of gay characters in lead roles as problematic. A letter was crafted by LGBTQIA plus supporters and Pixar staff in response to Chapek's statement, indicating it was simply not good enough. The letter accused Disney of censorship after the Lightyear scene was cut and claimed Disney executives had been at odds with those at Pixar trying to produce more same-sex relationship content. The group argued, quote, We at Pixar have personally witnessed beautiful stories full of diverse characters, 
come back from Disney corporate reviews shaved down to crumbs of what they once were, unquote. The letter states, quote, even if creating LGBTQIA plus content was the answer to fix the discriminatory legislation in the world, we are being barred from creating it, unquote. Now, my highlight here, and I'm done quoting the article, my highlight here is not the fact that the two sides are somewhat at odds. It's that the they are actively, uh, both sides are actively promoting and working towards undermining um, the traditional, tra- family. traditional family and traditional marriage. And there's there has been, um, oh, a little bit further down, this was also important to note, quoting from the article, shockingly, Disney executive producer Latoya Ravenu also proudly admitted to having a, quote, not at all secret gay agenda, unquote, in leaked footage of the same meeting. I was just wherever I could adding queerness, Ravenu boasted. If you see anything queer in the show, no one would stop me and no one was trying to stop me. So there's there's a lot of producers that are involved and this is she's not the only one I've heard too that's deliberately trying to incorporate and make things happen but um I think it's people need to be aware of this that this is something they're actively choosing to do. About 6 years ago, um I there was some other moves that Disney was making and I deliberately did not invest. I was doing some stock market stuff, didn't invest in their company. Um, I don't have Disney Plus. I don't have, I'm not going to support that. That's just me. Um, And it's, I think it's just worthy for all of you guys to know that this is a deliberate effort they're trying to make. And it's probably in everybody's best interest to not go along supporting that, in my opinion. I have a couple of thoughts in response to that. Figured you would. First, I totally agree with you that we vote with our dollars where private corporations are concerned. Secondly, it's private corporation. They can produce the content they want. We can choose choose or not choose to consume it. I think it's funny. My dad has this funny joke that he says call, that he calls the golden rule, which is he who has the gold makes the rules. Mm-hmm. And he would use it at talking as an employer that he signs on the front of the check. You sign. On, he, my dad was a small business owner for years, and every now and then he would have employees who either thought they should be able to do whatever they wanted with their time or thought my dad should be running things differently. And he would hear them out sometimes probably and say, you know what? I'm, I, I'm the owner of the company. The success and failure of this company rides on me as well as, as well as I get to, because I'm the owner, I get the final say here. And if I don't like how you're spending your time, then you can go spend your time somewhere else. I think it's funny that the Pixar employees are griping at Disney writ large you're an employee if they want to change if the higher ups want to change how they do things that's the nature of being an employee that's the nature of submitting but american culture is so me 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 we don't we don't honor our father and mother which as if you look at if you understand the spirit of the fifth commandment it is that it's honoring those that god has put in authority over you and so undermining i mean that it's ironic not ironic it's actually very much in tune with their goal to undermine the family is they're also undermining authority and respect for authority in general in their company it's just ironic that they're the ones doing it but this push towards anarchy in our culture is at every level um I also I has the has the Daily Intelligence brief talked about DeSantis's response to that at all? No. 
So are you aware of DeSantis's response to this? Mostly, yes. Um, so they've lost this the ability to basically have their own police and do their own zoning, which they they used to basically do their own policing, do their own zoning. And he's like, look, you're not autonomous anymore. You want to violate state law? You're now subject to state law in all of our zoning regulations, in all of our, you know, you're mm-hmm. going to have to file for building permits. You're going to have to, you know, have us determine how you get to have do security and policing within your parks and things. And also, oh, by the way, all of these tax cuts and benefits that you've gotten, zoop. you want to play hardball? You want to screw with legislature or, you know... All the, you know, the don't say gay bill. Okay, here you go. Oh, I remember too. Um, one of the reasons why I could invest it over the ESPN stuff. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff kind of went down. And the same thing. Like there, there's been a, a long, long-term push to go this direction. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I would love to hear. So going along with that, I would love to hear from people where you are shopping because I don't know if you know this, Jared, but for Pride Month, Target is debuting chest binders and packing underwear. Do you know what packing underwear are? It's when you pack up your junk. It To look like a girl, to be able to wear girls' pants. And, um, and chest binders are so that girls can... It, it's incredibly... Think about foot binding and how bad that was mm-hmm. in Asia. Yeah. Like you're doing that to the growing bones in your in your chest. It's not just this innocuous. I want to look flat chested like I'm wearing a sports bra. It's actually doing physical harm to people to encourage them to bind to girls to encourage them at this critical stage in development to bind their chests. And um, and so Target is is debuting this stuff for Pride Month this next year this next month. And for many conservatives. I think myself included, although it will be very hard to not hit target for kids' swimsuits and kids' birthday gifts and the random, I need this thing that Walmart pickup makes me schedule like a day in advance and I can get it at target an hour in advance. What what was the list? There was a list published of all of the private companies that were promoting... They were something. Do you remember what the something was? What was it? Was it abortion? Mm. I don't remember. It was, it was it, something was it along the these lines. Texas abortion bill. I can't remember. But yes, I can't remember. But they published a list, and it was almost impossible went, to yes, get around. I went it. through the list, um, looking at who was actively pushing for this particular piece of. Immoral legislation, right? We're going to push non, very distinctly non-Christian ideals. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, that's another conversation. But I looked through the list and it was pretty much impossible to conduct life. If you wanted to choose not to spend your money at these particular businesses. Because like Amazon, Target, if, if if we actually polled, if the... Christians in America actually voted with their dollars. If mm-hmm. We actually did that. Um, 
there would be a significant there would be a significant enough impact in some areas like there's a lot of global commerce now so i think a lot of global stuff will will bolster and and keep companies going but it would still hurt the bottom line and i think netflix saw a little bit of that and disney are both experiencing that right they are very much experiencing can i add something about netflix Uh they're now they're gonna start debuting ads because they need to boost their revenue yeah. So anyway, I looked at this list and particularly there was a particular emphasis on some like clothing retail like targets, but there was also a lot of emphasis on technology. I think um, Apple was firmly entrenched in that. Like if I really wanted to like not vote with my dollars, I would get rid of all my Apple products. Um, I'm not probably Microsoft, Microsoft Google. was in there. Dell was in there. Google was in there. IBM was in there. Like I couldn't find Hewlett Packard. I couldn't find a company, <laughs> a, a computer company that wasn't involved in this unless they were overseas. So you're like, well, then I don't want to shop over, you know, the whole buy American thing. But um, that's I'd be interested in hearing people's opinions on the, this issue. too. The other one that I'm interested line, you know? in people's input on is the children's entertainment world, oh. because. How do we, you know, ads on YouTube sometimes are egregious. So I don't like to turn my kids loose, even with YouTube. Amazon has now said that they'll pay for abortions for women if they need to cross state lines to do it, which is like, as some people have pointed out, if Roe v. Wade is indeed overturned and it goes to the state and some states outlaw abortion, Amazon will pay up to $3,000 or $4,000 for a woman to cross state lines to get an abortion, you realize that that still saves them a pile of money versus you taking maternity leave and how much it's going to cost them. I, it's it's not... I mean, I'm just saying, like, they're virtue mm-hmm. signaling, for one thing. For another thing, they're using women. Women continue to be the victims of the sexual revolution that we think has... We've been indoctrinated to think has been empowering to us. This this virtue signaling is still bad for women. So, but but so so Netflix, um, we will not have soon. We'll probably have Amazon Prime for a while yet. We don't have Netflix. We don't anymore. We don't anymore. I mean, um, your parents have it, but your parents are ditching it too. Yeah, that's what I mean. We're not going to mm. be able to watch Netflix with, through my parents anymore. Uh, but there's a bunch of other even smaller streaming outlets we like i said we don't have disney plus i know that the tuttle twins are creating but our kids have been bemoaning oh all the good shows we want to watch are on netflix and disney plus and i they were utterly aghast yesterday we're driving around and lily and elise are talking about this because they're contemplating what to watch when we got home because i told them they could watch some shows after the park well, you guys were still at your concert well we can't watch anything on netflix and we don't have disney plus and we, when a lot of people started listening to us, we had Disney Plus and the kids were watching veterinarian shows that were great content. Mm-hmm. And just the other day, Addie's husband was asking about shows, something, and he got all these Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus responses. <laughs> and I don't think they have, they're going to get Disney Plus either. And so where do you guys do? And oh, so the kids were aghast when I was like, listen, guys, when I was your age, <laughs> When I was my kids' age, I got one hour of cartoons a week, and that was my screen time. And I was like, kids, 
It was like listening to the radio. You don't choose what you watch. You just watch whatever's on. And you know the schedule. So you turn Remember on when you could when you, you could turn pause on your one hour shows and you could actually fast forward over commercials. Life changing. DVR was life changing. Yeah, but I'm talking way before DVR. I know. I'm talking when we had three channels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of them was fuzzy if the rabbit ears weren't arranged just right. Mm-hmm. And if your family wanted to do a special movie night, you went to the VCR store and you rented not only the the video that you wanted to watch, but, but also the, the actual player that came in like this foam case. And the, and you, you know, dad had to plug it in in the back of the TV in order for you to watch this one video that you had rented. And that was it. That was your entertainment option, and it was a big deal. And now the kids are so indoctrinated, and they get to there's they have so many options that the taking away of a handful of these options feels criminal to them. <laughs> it's like cutting off an arm. It's like we don't need. And the funny part is, with all of these things, we don't need. Them. We don't need any of this. We don't need televisions. We don't need radio. We don't need. Music. We don't need movies. We have these things, and they're enjoyable, and they're fun to have, but we don't need them. We certainly don't need to be running around feeling All like this... we're entitled to these things. Yeah. So, anyway, in striving to reach the balance between giving my kids genuine entertainment, good things to watch, and I'm wondering if any of you guys do any of the alternative streaming services and if you have kids in our kids' age range i.e. 4 to 11 if what what you have found in these alternative i can streaming i streaming services that they like but um, i have something else i want to talk okay. about so let's not go I, too far down all right that's fine we, we have plenty of time um i want to make one comment about entertainment in general um it's gotten so much cheaper when I, when the whole, the whole video revolution that I was kind of a part of early on where DSLRs and iPhones and people starting to make video, you know, movies out of this stuff and, and they're using this thing, these things to make content. Um, it, the cost, what you can produce for the overhead is just great, crazy low. It's gotten so much more affordable to produce things. The barrier becomes this for me. Like this is my opinion, right? This the barrier becomes when I think even about um, the the fun shows that we get from that guy in Nashville. What's his name? Slugs and Bugs. Slugs and Bugs. Random yeah. game. Yeah. You know, even his kind of content, or um, the con- or any, or like what uh, Ben Shapiro is doing over at, at the Daily Wire. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing <clears throat> is. That kind of production now is you can do it for next to nothing. The problem is you you still have this is how we've done it for 2,500 years now or the last 100 years. Sorry, I'm speaking in hyperbole. This is how this is how a professional production is. This is how we need to have this, 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 and this. It needs to be paid this, 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 and this. And you got to, you know, on top of that, then you have your gatekeepers, you know, you can't get anything made if you self-distribute. You don't have twenty million dollars to promote it. You can't. You can't get it done for that cost. So the whole model is up, is messed up. And, but it doesn't have to be. I guess that's my point here. It doesn't have to be completely messed up. Your talent doesn't need to have two hundred thousand dollars a year, six different staff members, a private car, and you know, a full studio with like hundred. You know. 
dollars $50,000 cameras. You don't need to do that anymore. Like you don't have to. You could do a really good show in your basement and still have it put up really nice, but you don't have, you got marketing challenges and everything else. But I just, I feel like there's, there's room for, um, something to be developed. I've always felt this way, I guess, cause I did dead reckoning, but there's always room for something to be developed if people could actually get along and make it happen, you know? And it's just, it's not happening. You just don't see it happening. I feel, I don't know how the daily wire stuff is happening, but, oh, we have a grumpy kid. I don't know if it is it. happening. I well, I'm just, me. I'm wondering if, if this we're, I got TV shows give, idea and I can't get anything through. <laughs> we're giving up on Hollywood and going elsewhere. I wonder if that that will. You got to have somewhere else to go, and I just. But I feel like even somehow. the people who want to produce this kind of stuff are still stuck in old production mentality. Uh, They're still stuck in the mentality of I've got to have an assistant director, a first assistant director, a second assistant director, two best boys, a grip. Okay, I get six, it. You know, etc. I'm getting bored Sorry. listening to you list Rant. these things. <laughs> what if I get what if I get bored when you talk? Well, you're not going to get bored when I up. talk because I want to talk about what Shh. you're you're leading small group tonight. Shh. Have you prepped for it? Um, you were going to give me stuff to talk about. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys for our JR's and us to lead our small group tonight and we do sermon discussions. <sighs> And one thing I really I like, backed away from small group leadership. I know we're ago? not talking about that. I know, but I'm just saying it's not like this is anything. He's like not excited about new. doing this. And I was I wasn't feverishly taking notes during the sermon. It was a guest preacher on a mission Sunday. And one of the things speaking of that, one of the things that I think would be interesting to bring up is what did this sermon, which was on first John four have to do with missions it wasn't mm-hmm. what you would think of as a typical mission sermon. sermon like yeah. who do you, who do you do missions to what do you and and part of that i think was because this the preacher is our local church planter specifically to indian peoples native american peoples and so he's not sent so to speak halfway across the world or and he's he's a quarter Chippewa, I think. So he's not sent necessarily to people who look way different than he does. But the sermon was essentially on on what how does being deeply loved by God in the way that John describes in First John four impact your life and impact your message to other people. So I think a very interesting opening question for the adults would be how was this a mission sermon and not in an antagonistic way but in a how how did you hear this as the mission sunday sermon and where did different what piqued your interest as the as being particularly missional so to speak about a sermon we for those of you guys god's love I, I also, okay Yes. I also realize that those of you who are now listening are like, what sermon are you talking about? I'll include a link to the show notes in, I'll include a link to the sermon in the show notes in case you want to go back and listen to that for more fully well-rounded. Or, I mean, truthfully, truthfully, just go read First John 4. <laughs> because I, I mean, I, the sermon I'll was... include, you guys, I'll include a link to First John 4. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't happen to own a Bible, 
and you're not a typical mm. American with a stack of six different commentary oh Bibles. And um, I, do, I don't think that's typical American. I think that's typical you. Typical I, reformer nerd. I would almost be, I, I, any Christian household in America has multiple Bibles. You mentioned commentaries. I'm going to agree I mean, with no, multiple no, no. I didn't. I didn't mean commentaries. I meant oh. I meant like study Bibles. Oh, Bibles okay. with commentaries yeah. built oh, into yeah. the Most bottom have, yeah. notes. Yeah, because we give them as gifts. Right, graduation gifts. Who's graduating? A, oh, I'm just saying. You didn't get a Bible for your graduation gift. I actually got a paperback like a Gideon Bible when I graduated from high school from somebody. And so, somebody a pulled it out of the Testament. hotel and thought, "I'm going to keep this for a gift later on." Um, okay, so so for the kids' discussion, because we always start with a kids' discussion, there were two ways that I thought you could go. One would be one of my absolute favorite, probably probably one of my favorite verses writ large, is First John. For what? Seven and eight. No, I'm Beloved, embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Let us love one another. No, I'm embarrassed. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for Kay. God is love. Name that God group. is love. Who is it? Salty, the singing songbook. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. Okay, so perfect love casts out fear. I would be willing to guess that... In our small group of kids who, I'm trying to think kids who would be able to really answer this question, to ask them what things, what thing type, what things make you afraid? So throw the question out, what things make you afraid? And then, and it could be specifically what, what, what about people because what I want to home in on is well not necessarily but but whatever makes you as a kid afraid and I know that we have kids who struggle with fear you know Lily's afraid of thunder Titus says he's afraid of heights we get kids Elise says her greatest fear is speaking in front of people um or a time wow. that she's pretty young to have that so a, narrowly defined a time that other people have made you feel afraid. I don't want to like coach their brains into imagining fears of being Mm -hmm. afraid of other people, but I'm thinking about, you know, has anybody ever, has a kid ever made fun of you or have you ever walked into a group of new kids and been afraid or embarrassed or shy? Have you ever tripped in front of a group of kids and been embarrassed? Um, have you had a sibling get angry at you or a parent getting, no, let's not talk about a parent getting angry with you and it made you afraid. But I guess what I'm going yeah, for. Yeah, daddy yelled at me and he thought he was going to hit me again. Yeah. No, I guess what I'm going for with the with the kids and fear is somehow eliciting, getting them to, to make the connection between where, what is the source of perfect love? Well, it's God, right? How does God's perfect love for you address the fear that you have just described. I don't even know that I could answer that. Well, not concisely. Seems kind of like a deep question for a kid. I I don't know that it is too deep for kids. I have these conversations. Maybe it's because I'm doing all the talking and they're doing all the listening. <laughs> but I have these quote, conversations. Conversations, unquote. <laughs> Scare quotes. Fine, it's a monologue. <laughs> a lecture. But... <laughs> it's mom to kid. It's totally a lecture. <laughs> no, I think 
think our kids have the capacity to process because I'm particularly thinking about Lily and her fear of thunder. And she went through a season where she was writing Bible verses about God loving her on index cards and taping him to the wall next to her bed. And what, what I guess what I want them to think about is we sing Jesus loves me to our kids every night. What does Jesus loves me? John says, perfect love casts out fear. Jesus loves me. What does that have to do with when I am afraid? I get elsewhere. The Psalms say, when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. Why do I trust you? Because you love me and because you were you love me with perfect love because you are good and because you are all powerful. So when I think about Lily and the thunder, you have an all powerful God who is the God of the thunder and the storms and the hurricanes and the tornadoes that frighten you. He's more powerful than those and he loves you and he's taking care of you. But see, right. Perfect love doesn't equal power, doesn't equal control over the terrible thing. But the source of the perfect the love The source does. of the perfect love, but what, I guess kind of where my head's at anyway, is what is imp- what what are the ramifications of an imperfect love? What are the ramifications of um, a God who's not fully God coming down and dying on the cross, not completely in love with us? What is it look why, like? Why would we introduce that to the kids? Because We're that's not, not but true. That's, I know it's not true, but that's where my head, in order to understand... How perfect love affects okay. your fear. So, you have to, like, you kind of have to. I, I anyway think about. Well, what's, what's it mean when the when it's not a perfect love? How does that affect my fear? Um, it makes you more the, afraid. The contrast. Yeah, but why? Because you, if you have a God who is not love, this, um, this is the Muslim God, right? Allah. Mm-hmm. He is all powerful. He is not all love. He, you never know where you stand with him. He could use his power for you. He could use his power against you. He's, he's whimsical. It depends on how he feels towards you. The God of perfect love, regardless of what you do, regardless of how you are feeling on any given day, because he, only he is perfect love. And he demonstrates his love in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we're not earning that perfect love. We are given perfect love. Yes. And I think that's where you have to go with it with kids, because when it comes to fear, the reason we don't have to be afraid is because that love is so perfect that it doesn't matter what happens externally to us. I think that's truthfully the brilliance of the Jesus Storybook Bible and why I have loved using it with the kids so much is because almost... I don't think every chapter, I would say probably every other chapter, she references God's never stopping, never breaking, never ending. Now I can't remember it. I haven't read it for a while. Never stopping, unbreaking. Always and forever love. And she talks about it. She doesn't glaze over the, I mean, she doesn't highlight the brokenness, but in all of these stories with broken characters who are not Jesus, who are not the one that we're waiting for. But God per- continues to love and pursue his people with his never stopping, never breaking. Always and forever love. Always and forever love. And never giving up. There's That's in there too. But 
And so God is pursuing people who are running away from him, like the prodigal son. And he's pursuing people like David, who are murderers. And we, I mean, I've talked, I talked about David in Psalm 53 with the kids a couple mornings ago at breakfast. And, you know, they know that David murdered someone in order to take his wife. They don't have to know all the details of adultery, but they know that David did that. And they know that God pursued him in love regardless. And they know that that's the type of perfect love that continues to pursue them. And so if you have done something wrong, your your tendency is to want to hide, to run away from the person who's addressing you. I mean, we have this with our kids. They either clam up, they literally cover their faces, or they run away if we want to talk about their sin with them. But we're trying to imitate the Father's perfect love toward them. So we bring up our sin with each other all the time. We're constantly pointing. <laughs> but not perfect love. Sorry. No. Okay. So so the other the head. other way you could address this with the kids, the other kind of approach into First John four with the kids, and I I feel like this would actually would be more See? esoteric. Okay. Is is to ask them if they have ever had people not like them. Or if they have struggled to like somebody else, you know, without naming names. Have you ever, have you ever had somebody not like you, not a sibling, but like more persistent, like somebody in a class that you've had, um, or have you ever struggled to like or be kind to somebody else? And then, and then draw out, how does that make you, how has that made you feel? And then obviously the kids are all, these are, these are church kids, you know, are you, how are you supposed to treat them? Love them like Jesus loves them. Right. But, right. um, but then draw out like what, how do we love, how do we love people? I feel like the first question though, too, would just be equally applicable for adults. I mean, how many times have you walked around? How many times have you had conversations or known that, that adults in your world are actually actively asking the question of how God's perfect love engages with our whatever my fear is so never that's actually people don't think that deep i and i think that question is very relevant in our current cultural moment which if you're not listening to this in real time this is last week when we were were recorded we were several hours out i think from the supreme court leak of the Mm -hmm. dobbs decision which is the potential to overturn roe v wade and so now we're a week in to just uh, i literally could have talked for an hour on this not because i spend so much time reading angry people on social media but because i've been trying to process what uh, there's a ton of stuff going on, but I read a description of how American culture has shifted in the last 10 years or so to where Christianity, if you look at up until almost 2000, even after 2000, a politician used religion to show what a good person they were, whether or not they were actually a Christian you went to church, you made friends with pastors, you attended the national prayer breakfast, being seen as a Christian was an asset politically. And then there was a period of 10 to 15 years where being a Christian, being a Christian was like a quirky, you do you in private, neutral thing. And now being a Christian in public 
in most spheres is seen as a negative thing. It's a cause for being attacked. It's a cause for don't drag your personal values in and pose them on everyone else. And Christianity is now writ large seen as negative in our culture. And so I've been just thinking a lot about what should be the Christian's posture towards the rest of the world. And, you know, Old Testament Israel versus the rest of the world and then the prophets and this prophecy that people who were not God's people would stream into Israel and life-giving water is going to flow out of Jerusalem and out of the temple to the whole world. And we see that being fulfilled in Christ, but then particularly first and second Peter to me are very relevant in thinking about how they're Christian as an alien and as a kingdom of priests in a hostile world interacts with that world. But in terms of the heart attitude, when people come at me or come at my beliefs or come at my tribe, people that I identify myself with, how does perfect love affect God's perfect love towards me affect my identity and my sense of security and my identity and drive out the fear that remember Ed Welch says that fear well not just Ed Welch but he's the one I'm going to quote here that fear is often a mask or anger is often a mask for for fear fear. so we we express anger because something that we love we fear losing and Fearful people are often angry people. And boy, there's a lot of anger in our culture right now, which means there's a lot of fearful people. And they are fearful of all sorts of things. But what are we fearful of when we get angry at how we're being treated or at how our values are being attacked? And that, to me, is one of the... As I said to you on Sunday, oh, I've got all sorts of things I can talk about. That particularly was what I was thinking about is in this cultural moment of rabid. So when I've seen abortion discussed on social media before, there's a there's a tone change this time around in the in the frenzy and the frothing at the mouth, if you will, of pro-abortion people that has reached a crescendo that I personally think is a new, a new high, a new low. Well, I think our cultural moment is also uh, being built off of the back of um, 2019 and 2020 with riots and COVID. Oh, absolutely. Rampant anarchy. And then fast forward. Now we have, we have crazy high prices as I highlighted on the show last week um, for just living we have people's retirement accounts are going to zero. We've got whole portfolios that are crashing right now. We're the on the verge of World War III. In chaos. There's people, a lot of reasons. There are still a lot of people, as we saw when we flew, who are very fearful for their health. Oh, every At the concert last night, every crew member was masked or double masked. Every crew member. And there were still quite a few people in, but it was like, maybe it's people from L.A., I don't know. But there's a lot of reasons to be afraid right now. Um, and there's a lot of reasons to more, even more reasons to remember why we don't need to be afraid or why we and shouldn't then, be afraid. And then the missional part of the sermon, how do we in love move toward other people and offer this, as he said, 
you know, this this intimate sense of being loved that's not just God knows who you are or but this intimate sense of being loved by someone perfectly and completely despite yourself what however we we wherever we feel called or however we feel called to move into the world our motivation and our message is people really need to know this love to meet the fears that they have at this moment whether they think they need it or not they really do and we can pause and root ourselves in this perfect love before we go anywhere else mm-hmm. cool well i like it um if you guys want to know where to give us feedback you can do so in a variety of channels probably the most interesting and most enjoyable and engaging channel would be our telegram group we have a private telegram group that consists of i don't know 30 40 peeps and they're all super fun conversations range all over the place but this is where we're going to get probably the most feedback on the show and then you can interact with other people's feedback it's a, it's a big giant private chat room um i will include a link to the room to the group in the show notes and it's again it's on an app called telegram we're not going to get booted it's private and secure and free speech and all that stuff so um I mean, I guess you could always get booted, but they're not going to. Um, I'll co- include a link in the show notes, and then I'll also include links to uh, to the Yonana's uh, item dessert thing. And because I'll include my normal links, uh, free crypto. Now's a great time to get it because it's so low, you guys. And my uh, my my peak teas, Pruyer tea that I'm actually drinking right now you guys i'm totally addicted to this stuff like it's phenomenal so maybe you don't want to drink it i don't know um and then uh yeah oh um you can also send us a message if you don't want to join the telegram group and you do want to give us your feedback we'd love to hear from you and you can do that on our website we have too busy to flush.com or the tb2f the number 2f.com uh scroll down and you'll find a postcard feature and you can fill out that postcard and shoot it to us uh, you can also send us an email at tb2f at pmpapamike.me. So those are three primary ways to get a hold of us. Um, that said, we do try to do the show weekly, so we'll be here, Lord willing, next week. Unless, you know, God calls us home, even though our home's here on Earth. Never like that phrase, but hey, that's a whole other issue. And, or, you know, World War Three happens and we lose internet. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh about things like that. It's too close to home. Too close to home. Uh, Molly, do you have anything else you want to add? I I don't. Okay. I I do, but I'm not going to because we're done. Yeah, we are at roughly an hour. So, all right, guys, it's been real. It's thanks been for fun. thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.